0: Skaters, what's up, Ted Schmitz, Vent City. Um, Just a little note before we start the show, you might be a little bit confused on the timing of our episode considering that our guest of honor was just recently interviewed on another podcast. And although we did our interview with him just a few days before that came out, we didn't know that that was coming down their pipeline. But whatever, we have this one in the can. And if you listen to a little more Kyle Foster in your life, that's probably a cool thing. So fucking enjoy this. (laughs) I press record after I talked, and I talked into the mic like it was the 90s. I think that was the first take I recorded for the new show. Straight to Spotify?
1: Uh well welcome back to another episode of Ben City. Uh and this is the Pop War special episode. We're going to talk about Pop War the entire time. We got our Pop War shirts on, our Pop War pins, our Pop War hats.
0: <gasps> oh my uh, God. No, we oh, got- wait, wait, wait. dude, I have my Pop War bracelet right here. What? <laughs> this is this is a this is a rubber band Praise oh the gosh. Board Pop War bracelet that uh I my very first video part, I had a green one. They came in a set of yep. two, green and pink, and I I had it on my wrist from 16 to 18. It broke, and then Ryan went to uh, Canada in 2000. Yeah, I was at a
1: distributor, and they had a bunch of them.
0: Yeah, in 2011 or 2010. Wow. And he's and he's like, hey, I brought you something back, and I was like, he'd always like he'd always have some fucking like Von Zipper tea or something that I never wanted (laughs) or like, just like some like random bullshit, like, like some like just dumbass underwear or like, like, uh, or actually you kept the underwear. They were called sacks. And, uh, and, but this one, (laughs) here's,
1: here's one tensor truck.
0: Yeah. And so he, he was like, Oh, I have something for you. And I was like, all right, here's some random promo. And it was this. And I, and I, and this one, I was like, all right, they fucking they go on till they break. So I'm just gonna leave this on my desk. It's been on my desk for ten years.
1: That is amazing.
0: Yeah. That yeah. is so sick. So
1: just for just for clarity, we're we're here with uh Cairo Foster and uh and Ted Schmitz is also uh here on the pod tonight. Um yeah, thank you so much, Cairo, for joining us. Yeah. Where sure. where are you at? Where are you at right now? Um
2: I'm in Portland, Oregon.
1: Nice. Your new home?
2: Uh no. It's I, we've been here, my wife and I have been here for f- four years, four, four and a half years or so. Uh, yeah, I moved up here to work at Adidas skateboarding.
0: You in Beaverton, nice. Southeast, Northeast. No, I'm, uh, Beaverton's the
2: other side of, uh, that's on the other side of the tunnel. Yeah. The other side of the tunnel. That's more like where Rattray is and, uh, Bobier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm in North Portland, kind of close to, um, University of Portland.
1: Uh, Portland's kind of like the new industry hub, huh? I would in say a lot of ways like, or like, uh, maybe like a second tier. I, I
2: feel like it's like, uh, you know, there's like terms of, uh, um, there's Silicon beach, there's Silicon forest, which is here. And you know, Silicon Valley is in the Bay area. I, I feel like, yeah, that Portland does fit that vibe of being like a second secondary, like hub to skateboarding. It's, it's, a, uh, I I think my thought process for kind of like, putting into the universe of getting a a like full-time job within the skateboarding industry uh was to not move back down to southern California because that's I was living in the Bay Area bef- when I was uh, you know, when I started out at the beginning of this and I talked about pop war. <laughs> I was living in the Bay Area and then uh moved down to Southern California and started pop war there or Populous in pop war. So I uh moving to Portland was conscious to like, not move back down to Southern California. I just wasn't really ready to move away from the Bay area and go back to Southern California. So, uh, we came here after we left the Bay area and then moved to Colorado for a little while where my wife's been living for a long time. Um, and then I was talking with a few people for probably like a year's time and ended up getting a job here
1: in Portland how did that work out i mean you you, is it like skating you got to be like tm flow and then uh and then Uh, you talk to the tm tm
2: um i think it's funny it's it's actually really funny um as with anything it's there's a there's a degree of like who you know and not not necessarily how well you know them but it's like who you know and just like getting in front of the right people at the right time. So um, it was a long process. And I remember talking with uh, my first like boss and uh, before I like started working at Adidas and we had been talking on and off for maybe like six to eight months. And I was like, man, this is ridiculous how long like it takes like an email, I would be almost religious like email once or twice a week. Follow up like yo, what's up? How's it going? Just wanted to see like if you know we could talk a little bit more, and then it just ended up happening, and then now being at a company of this size for this long, I'm like, oh, things just take a long time. Like, yeah, there there are, there are a lot more uh, people involved in decision making. Mm-hmm. So even if like my my contact really wanted me to work here. It's not instantaneous. It's not like, I feel like when I was at enjoy and working with Louie on and bod Boyle on stuff, it'd be super easy Could just like, Hey, we want to get this guy on the team. Okay, cool. Get him on the car. Hey, we want to get this filmer. I heard he films. What videos he's done. Cool. Let's get him in the car. Okay, cool. Hired. It's, it's definitely not that simple. <laughs> so yeah,
1: that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I don't want to dive too much into like your whole his history in like a linear w- fashion because uh, you've done a you've done Nine Club and you've done the Bunt and a handful of other podcasts, but um, maybe we can work backwards from you getting a job. One thing I did want to ask you about that I always thought was fascinating, um, and for people out there listening, Cairo is like a big reason why I even have a skate career. Uh, I was definitely just kind of alone on a little island in, in Arizona and, and in between sponsors. And he reached out to me and uh, got me hooked up with Enjoy. So thank you for that on the record. Um, but you were always struck me as like the like the dad on tour. And you were also literally a dad. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit about uh, like navigating adulthood and being a professional skater and also like having a family and you know trying to um you know bridge that gap between like the play that you grew up on and and how to like trans uh transfer that into into adulthood and like also your exit strategy, which it seems like you you did very gracefully. Um wow, that's a that's like so a, I guess there's a can, lot to unpack,
2: but I, there's I a lot to unpack
1: s- there, but let's start with like how old were you when you when you had a kid uh, i was twenty eight yeah your daughter yeah, I was who's twenty
2: eight my daughter uh Althea um yeah let's see I don't know it's it's because, like a thanks for a lot of the compliments um <laughs> I do think uh you got yourself on enjoy, but there's 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 reasons yeah you're you are where you are for sure that's out way outside of my my influence by any means uh and i was just stoked that you're on the team but um it's it's funny like a lot lot of things a lot of these uh opportunities to interview is like it's a huge time to be reflective Mm -hmm. and uh i uh i don't know like it's like funny I'm kind of like drawing a blank on how to answer like yeah so like I was I am a dad um while I was on enjoy I was still in my first marriage and in when I look back on it like I spent a lot of time on the road because skateboarding is um it's this awesome addiction that I've like founded that I I didn't found find it I, I, I discovered it when I was uh you know like 13 so in a way it it doesn't come first before my daughter but it's just like it's that thing that you don't think about and you're just like oh i'm just gonna go so i was just gone half the year every year for probably the first four or five years of my daughter's life outside of when i had a couple ankle surgeries and sorry no 2008 was when i had the ankle surgeries Oh, I guess, yeah, 2008. So 2004 is when Althea was born. Um. So I was, like, traveling a bunch. And, and the first year when I lived in New York, I remember I was discovering all these, like, issues I have with my ankle. And I was stressing out a lot and freaking out about living there and thought that I was doing it all wrong and I needed to move back to California. But, like, it was actually me learning to be a dad and, like, managing my time differently.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, that to me, like, was the thing that, that struck me, like by the time that I had met you in San Francisco, you, you seem to really have like a handle on how to be a professional skateboarder, which is something that takes a lot of time. And, Mm -hmm. And some people never really settle into that role and then they burn out very quickly. Um, but like something that I've understood from my own career is like, it's good to kind of always have you're like one foot out kind of on the ground to Mm -hmm. keep yourself grounded and understand that like, okay, this is, you know, this is working for now and I'm kind of on the gravy train doing the thing that I love, but like this, this all kind of can come and go and and you see a lot of people burn out very quickly.
2: Yeah. I think, um, to your point, the thing that sticks out the most is like you see a lot of people come and go. So, I I just always, I didn't want to ever take it for granted that I had this experience or this opportunity. So um, I wasn't ever necessarily looking at it like this could go away at any time, but it was more just like, hey, look, like me and my career serves a place within like this whole realm of skateboarding. And it was always advantageous to not worry about like being on tour with someone that was better than me at. I don't know, at Nolly
0: hard flips are better
1: than me at nose Nobody's grinds. better than you at Nolly hard. Flips.
0: But you know what I mean? Like it's the, a method I've been on things. Some go yeah. sideways, some go straight up. It's apples and oranges.
2: Yeah. They um I just try to be aware like you know, do your best job as possible while the opportunity is there for you. And mm-hmm. that's how I've kind of always looked at whatever job on top of being a professional skater that I did within like my career. Um, which even like I feel like to a certain extent like goes into being like that team manager like, and I would like I would export that that uh way of approaching it to everyone that was on the team, which sometimes like I would get like a short temper. I'm like, I can't believe you didn't bring grip tape. What kind of fucking idiot doesn't bring grip tape? You're a professional skater, like going off on like the the tiniest little thing, which. Sometimes I like I see someone like Paul Shire as a team manager and he's super relaxed and can like roll with that stuff and it's like laughable but to me I'm like it's not so I'm like less likely to laugh at that kind of oversight because I am aware like hey this shit can just get pulled out from underneath you and this free ride in the in this shitty ass van uh to go to some dumbass spot that you've already been to before uh, that could very well disappear and you're actually doing this shitty ass commute because you can't afford a car to some dumbass job that you have to actually do overtime to pay your rent. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes maybe I'm a little too serious, but I was like, I, I think that I would use that seriousness on like how I approach being a pro skater and how I approach just like kind of managing the time and like, skating with other people. Like I think over the years that I, I would try to find time to talk to like the homies, like, Hey, what are you going through? Or like, or be a person to confide in like, yo, you should pay your taxes. Like, or you should be thinking about this shit because we're really like, if, if you're in skateboarding in so many different ways, like we're really lucky, but mm-hmm. you're, you're like kind of secluded and you're, uh, You're like, you're stuck in high school still and you're not learning all this other shit. So then you're like, let's just have fun. So I like always wanted to like make sure, I don't know.
1: Well, especially like five years ago, like prior, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, prior to like agents and like a lot of people now have, you know, physical trainers they work with. They kind of work on the, the, the physical component with them Mm -hmm. and they've got people that help them with their taxes and manage their money. And, you know, so. But, but definitely like, you know, prior to 10 years ago, that was, it was kind oh, of yeah. a, a free for all, you know, like you're just on your own to figure these things out. And if you can't, if you can't navigate that, you're just, <laughs> yeah,
3: it's you're not gonna last screwed. very long. Yeah. And
2: yeah. I, I f- feel fortunate like I was able to navigate it and didn't have an agent and I did, I feel like I did well in like the decisions I, I made. Um, but it is good to have those people out there now. And I think um, as skateboarding moves away, or doesn't move away from being a culture or like a counterculture thing, it just gets more accepted as being a sport. There's more room for that support system to be in there, and it's yeah. more—it's it's more acceptable in the sense because like,
1: got, there's a, there's like a level of professionalism that yeah that comes with that
2: yeah. Um, I wouldn't, and kind of like to your original question I I wouldn't say like I looked at it like bringing some kind of like I don't know it wasn't like being like a professional in that sense but I don't know I just wanted to cultivate a a space or environment whenever we were on tour like for everyone to get their their best them out of themselves Mm -hmm. but not like on a militant vibe like I've been on trips with people and it's funny there's some people that I'm like oh people call out uh, maybe like a Ty Evans being like militant or like super focused and driven to the point of like breaking people but i really enjoy that and then there's some people that like um go beyond that like i never really did that for myself and at a certain point you just got to know when to stop pushing people too like you can leave them there but i'm not like trying to make someone break their arm or like blow out their knee or some shit. like hey if you feel comfortable with that 10 stair but it looks like you can do a 12 and you've done a 12 before, like, maybe do that, but I'm not going to be like, yo, let's get outside of your comfort zone. Well, you don't even look like it, but I know you got it. <laughs> like, it, it's a balance. Like, I don't know. I think I'm all over the place in answering your question.
1: No, that makes sense. Um, no, and I, I mean, thankfully, it feels like skating in a lot of ways is like, move past the the incrementalism of, like, oh, okay, you did it on a 10, do it on a 12 now. It's kind of like, I feel like in a lot of ways, uh, companies are are wise to understanding the thing that their writers bring to the, to the brand yeah. and letting them kind of f- experiment and have a little autonomy and like doing things their own way. Is that, would you say that that's pretty accurate?
2: I think that's accurate. And I think at the same time, and this might be just like me being old speaking, because, uh, I think at the same time that autonomy allows people and skaters to get a little lazy. So like, kind of going back to that thing about being on tours with people and not, not stressing like being on a Ruka trip and Leo Romero's grinding the biggest rail. I'm like, fuck, that's his shit. Like I'm still here for a reason. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and you got a cover on that trip. Yeah, (laughs) True Fair. But like,
2: I I'm like, I'm all about making sure that each skateboarder is pushing themselves. And when I watch people skate, on video or in person, you can tell like the energy they're exerting is like, oh, they're really trying or they're coasting. And so I think that autonomy does lend opportunity to uh, some people that I feel like are just super coasty because like Mm -hmm. vibe vibe is essential. Like there are a lot of people that are really amazing skateboarders because they can see what possibilities are out there. So you kind of like have A playbook to a certain extent when you look on youtube or instagram or whatever like oh shit that that is possible like i kind of get that but it's like what's what else are you bringing to it so sometimes people go too far in my opinion and they're like i got this unique vibe and um yeah to to me i just want to see everyone pushing themselves like you could totally like subjectively suck at skateboarding but if i'm watching you and i'm like whoa like i've never seen you do a varial flip all you do are kickflips and you're trying to varial flip i'm like fuck you're you're sending it mm-hmm. like it def- def- definitely doesn't need to be like a stair count by any means um yeah and i think kind of adding to your point like skateboarding's evolved to being er- everyone's really connected through social media and whatnot that you can kind of you can get your shit out there in in various ways so you don't have to conform so you're still like getting that coverage and, and you're getting uh it's a little bit through likes and stuff, but like you're getting that recognition and that reinforce the, the brands are seeing like, oh, well, so-and-so's on this shit, this is their vibe and it's trending, it like does well. So like the kids know more than a company owner does because like everyone that's into it, it's just like, oh, whatever they're into, whatever this person particularly is doing, it, it speaks to me. So. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, it speaks to a market. Doesn't matter, yeah. it's like, I got the numbers.
0: Yeah. I mean, the kids will uh, which always is interesting. have a better uh, finger on the pulse than the, the, the olds oh. in skating.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't sure. know about that, though, because, I mean, there's a good argument to be made that, like, gatekeeping is good because you see skateboarding that, that is wildly popular on Instagram
0: that, you know, we think is whack. Well, the old yeah, haven't I mean, let it in yet, but, yeah. They, I mean, they won't have industry support, but, but, but the contours of skateboarding will always be, as long as it's the youth culture, will always be... Uh, designed by the the younger among us, totally. And I'm I'm all for that. I I,
2: uh, I take solace in that that comment in the sense that like for me, skateboarding as a youth was like it was counterculture, anti-establishment, and maybe it's not that necessarily for someone mm-hmm. that's 13 now. But it's definitely different than what someone in their 30s or 40s wants skateboarding to be, and that's rad. Like it's a continuation. Yeah. It might not be the same, like fuck the yeah. establishment, but it's just like. Yo, I'm all about I don't know trap music that's all loud.
0: <laughs> yeah plus uh, as I've gotten older and I, I got into skateboarding as a as with its allure of, of counterculture and punk rock. Uh, as I found out i've I've uh, learned that a lot of those uh, those early punkers are pretty deplorable uh, right wing psychopaths. so uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's okay that it's not as anti-establishment as it once reported to be.
1: I just I I guess I kind of like disagree, too, with this notion that skating is just this distillation of youth culture because the youth take signals and cues from the older generations. You know, it used to be in skate shops and like the couches that you'd sit on at a skate shop and through Mm -hmm. videos. And now, I mean, even with the kids that I can think of that are coming up that are, you know, kind of like in the um, in the spotlight, they're you can t- to see a direct lineage from like Bill True. Danforth Ian, Ian, well i mean the, like well, I the like fetishization Jason, of EMB or, and, or something and Anthony like that like are a good example of
2: that like they've done uh, a really good job um creating a hockey and uh FA to really continue some stuff that spoke to them i feel like there's a lot of like art and vibe that they do they create together with uh Benny and, and uh and Mike That I think gets a lot of older skaters hyped. And then clearly it gets the young skaters hyped too.
1: Well, yeah. And it's also like you've got a whole generation of young skaters that like worship Jason Dill, but don't even have never seen his photosynthesis part. Totally, You know, and they don't even know why. They just have kind of taken these cues from, I guess, probably... Slightly older young people that have seen that stuff and and do understand the relevance that he he played in skating.
0: Well, his skate more parts also on YouTube, so <laughs> I don't think it's coming from that though. Maybe, but
1: maybe
2: it's like a properly laddering as you get older to make sure yeah. that there be the generation after you, or maybe two generations after you, like knows who you are, and then making sure that two people, two generations after that person knows who that person is, then who Jason is. And so you keep this legacy. So like you keep depositing little nuggets of like regressive viral. Yeah, that, that, that makes
1: sense because they're the the people who are in charge of those companies. They they say, okay, you're the good little kid, the, the little kid who does like the you know spinny no comply to to boneless bean plant. You're yep. not the good little kid, and so then they amplify that kid and give him all the resources, the platform, and then and then suddenly you have this like this full cycle, right?
2: Yeah. Maybe, maybe Bill Danforth missed like a few, uh, few too many generations and didn't keep that vibe going. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, he, he like still comes out to SkaterCon. Uh, I think it was, I think it was the manga that really did him in, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Sorry. I, I, I'm a bit of a derailer. I'm yeah. No, if you listen to these, I, I just kind of come from the sidelines with, uh, no, I, I, I enjoy
2: that because uh, I feel like there are a handful of personalities on the show that um, come from a different angle, which is great.
0: Yeah. Only one of them is right, though. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's what uh,
2: everybody says, though. They just say exactly what you say. It just comes out of a different body.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But they also <laughs> all say that I'm right, which is the only reason I'm still doing this show. Um, fragile <laughs> ego. no. Um, I do.
1: I do. Uh, I think that. Uh, to jump back on topic, I think that the way that you were talking about like work ethic is real interesting because you always struck me as a guy who like worked really fucking hard. Like broke tons of boards, got that gnarly bru. How did you get the bruise tip? Oh, real I just. Quick. Um, I
2: just clipped my heels
1: skating the gold rail in DC.
2: Really? I, just, I fell on my back. it was all it was. Trying what trick? Back Switch Smith. back lip. Nah, Bobby already, got that. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like backsmith on that first real
1: tour, but any, but anyways, yeah. So you, With, uh, Dennis, you, were, yeah. you were like a guy who worked really hard and you had a lot of injuries throughout your career. It seemed like from my perspective, at least that was later in, in your career. But, um, growing up where, who were the guys that, that you looked up to, uh, or women that, uh, that were they the guys that worked really hard or was it? Um, you know, this the the guys who kind of pushed on on style and vibe as you were saying. Um
2: I don't know what Mike Carroll's work ethic is. I think he's just exceptionally talented. Um, as well as probably skated a whole fucking lot growing up, but uh Mike and, and Rick. It's like uh yeah. I would say Mike and Rick and then everyone from the questionable video was pretty inspirational. Um I don't know if I like look toward inspiration on like their work ethic. Like my work ethic's literally just from my like my parents.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I remember looking back in the day uh in, in high school and in middle school, hearing people get like, oh yeah, you got you got all A's, you got a hundred bucks from the parents. I was like, dude, if I got all A's, I didn't get in fucking trouble. <laughs> like if I got an A-, it's like, why did you get an A minus? What the fuck?
3: <laughs> I'm like,
2: uh so um it's funny, like there are a lot of things that my dad did that I fucking hated to do. Like dads. I had to reconcile his fucking checkbook and I never understood why. I had to like back then when I was back in the uh, 40s. Everyone when under I was a 26, kid, everyone yeah.
1: under 26 is like, what's a checkbook? <laughs>
2: totally. Like all this shit. Like when I mowed the lawn, uh I made 10 bucks a lawn. Um, I had to pay a dollar fifty to use the lawnmower and 50 cents to use the weed whacker. Like shit like that, where I'm just like, what? So whack. <laughs> <laughs> and then looking back, I'm just like, well, and this is like the one thing my dad said all the time. He's like, well, if there's one thing I taught you, it's like to be able to stand on your own two feet and like take care of yourself. And I'm like, fuck you. But now as an older adult, I'm just like, you know what? That's probably saved my ass a ton. Mm-hmm. Yep. So i i looked at I looked at all the years of being a pro skater and all the trips, and maybe all like the hard times and, and short tempers I had with like my uh, fellow team riders. Um, I looked at it like you just have to do a good job and like work really hard because you're in a special, unique mm-hmm. place. Yeah. Like I didn't. Did like, you- I don't know, like I, I worked a lot of shitty jobs before I got like my first paycheck from knot I remember I got a $250 paycheck from knot and I was like, wait a minute. Cause it wasn't like on my radar, like, hey, you can make a living off of skateboarding. I was just like, okay, cool. I'll just like work a full time job. I'll skate when I can skate. Cool. And things like just started kind of lining up. Um But I wouldn't say that I was skating really hard because I was like, I'm gonna make a Cree out of it. I was like, I'm skating really hard because I enjoy skating and I enjoy progressing. Like I remember this one moment in Florida before I ever moved to California, like trying to switch backside flip this, it's probably not even that big of a gap anymore, but like it was a huge gap in Gainesville. And I tried for like hours, I probably cried And when I look back on it, I'm like, I wasn't trying to do that for like some sponsor me tape or anything. It was just like, that's like what I want to give back to myself. And I don't know, maybe that's the work ethic or not. Maybe it's not. I
1: can relate to that in in that, like, you're kind of like, well, I am identifying as a skateboarder. Like, this is a thing that I'm going to do as an adult. And I've spent my whole life getting good at it. And I kind (laughs) of just want to see what I can do with this thing, you know? Yeah, And like, sometimes that uh sometimes that comes with getting paid and like making a living off of it, but even in times when you're not really getting paid, you're like, well, like I'm not always going to have the skill set. So if I don't figure out like what I'm capable of right now, it's just going to, you know, it's going to go down the drain.
2: Yeah. I don't know, when I go skate now, I I like I can't envision just like skating for weeks on end, months on end and just like, uh every session for the last 2 months has just been a fuck around session like I'm like, okay, cool, I gotta make sure I get this trick that trick, like I s- feel sometimes like I sound like I'm a nut job,
1: but I'm like, you, oh. you, tr- you skate really hard still try really hard tricks and stuff.
2: No, not like dangerous or like high impact or anything like that. But I'm like, oh, I'm not going to make a whole fucking like three you're weeks. You're like calling up your slappy. coworkers
1: and you're like, dude, I got this, this six flat eight. I want to do gap. Nose <laughs> <ride>. <laughs> Let's go before work at seven.
2: No, I just, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't, I guess I just don't want to give up on uh what skateboarding means to me. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I mean it does it does feel fun as a as somebody who gets literally no reward for trying hard. It is a um and try hard is kind of uh what is it? It's an insult now online. But it does <laughs> just always Yeah, I
1: hate, I fucking hate that. Can we just talk about that real quick yeah. is that I like I hate this impulse that you're like a kook if you try hard and it's like everybody who's good at skateboarding got there because they tried really hard. And it's like, I get like, you don't want to be a showboat, but it's cool to push yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know? well, yeah. And I think some people forget, but it's like skating feels fairly fun when it's a little bit louder and there's a little bit more wind just, you know, relative to where you regularly stand. I feel like it, it generally can, you know, I, I don't know to me, ollieing sixes, feels a little bit cooler than alling 3s. I I don't think most people feel that way, but I certainly feel quite good when something is just that next little yeah. Uh, I if it if it hints on that bit of curiosity in your mind of well, I could do this, but what if I I just cranked the the volume knob a little bit and you go, "Oh shit, that was in there. I didn't know." Like that that yeah, is
1: get a little out of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah, that that can be a really life affirming aspect of skating where I think a lot of it now, especially because there's a lot of um, kind of like, I don't know, inversion or something like the the, the progress isn't as um, charismatic as it used to be. A lot of people are really inspired by slappies and more relatable skating that are happening on the um, Aiden Mackey side of things. But um, but I but I think that, yeah, just, you know, it's like, dude, you're fucking Cairo Foster. Like, what what are you supposed to like? you you supposed to be like a like a tired guy? Like you know, fucking 2 years down I, the road?
2: I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just I say
0: it a no, lot but well, like the actually those guys
2: g-
1: those those guys are great because they push themselves really yeah. hard and that's it comes also through in the true. footage. Yeah. So it's like they're they're not there's not like a reverence with a with a quote-unquote tired guy. They're they're like guys that are pushing themselves really hard and it's fucking awesome yeah, to and see that's part of the charm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. true. But but if you're I mean I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend this whole conversation. Like you didn't nollie flip pier seven. I'm just, so, <laughs> so it's like you, you can't have that inside your bones and then be like, Oh, okay. I'm an industry guy now. Why don't I like uh, fucking learn how to power slide into tail slide on a curb? Like that's yeah, fairly, um, that's not it, exactly what got you to, to. Maybe to, if it to, was like, it like
2: in my, in my history, in my bones, like in my DNA that I did that back yeah. in the day, but it's not, I'm just like, I, I only know one type of skating and it's like my interpretation of skating. So yeah, sometimes I, I, I listen to myself about thinking about this shit and I'm like, dude, are you just the psycho guy that just like must skate ledge, ledge needs to be this high, must do this trick, this trick, this trick. Okay. Check. You feel yeah. better. If not, <laughs> you feel like an asshole. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, if it's you, crazy. If you weren't that
1: guy, you'd be a triathlon guy, you know, or like an <laughs> Iron Man guy. Like yeah, it's that- just in your it's in your blood, you know?
0: Yeah. Do you have like a regimen when you skate? Um are are you like going through like uh you know, th- some people are notorious for being like straight eighters, like they're like No. I'm, um You don't warm up the sesh with the same bull run. Mine starts with a backside No, holly.
2: I don't. Um I, I don't have any like maybe if I lived somewhere that had a lot more skate spots in the streets and didn't have as much rainy, have as many rainy days as we have here, mm-hmm. maybe I would have some kind of routine. Yeah. But um No, I don't have a routine per se. Yeah. I do like if if the spot has if a spot has like a legit ledge, I, I almost always have to like at least do a kick foot back tail. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> and then and then try to do like a backside nose blunt on it. And I'm just like, all right, cool. <laughs>
0: Oh, cool. those are so fucking hard.
1: I, I've done but one kickflip backtail in my life. But you get, you have so, so many other ramping. fucking tricks. I get I get I get switch flip backtail. You're right. But I've yeah, only done one on. kickflip backtail. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Come on, uh, humble brag. Don't let everyone listening. <laughs> don't let Ryan fool you. He's gonna be the same. When he gets my age, he'll be like, oh, I gotta get this switch flip backtail. I gotta get this switch flip backtail. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, that's right. Yeah, we've yeah, been
1: over. We've been over this before, but someone was like, you know, as you like twilight out of skating, whatever the hell I'm doing, like, are you going to like skate rails still? And I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I'll skate the, do you skate the handrail at the skate park? We don't have like a good one,
2: but I do. I mean, I skate. Oh, it's i don't, got the, It's got the seven. So far. Yeah, I'll skate that for sure. That I I skate the hubbas more so that the, the hubas are good on that. Yeah.
1: But right, it's like you like the thrill of just like a little bit of adrenaline, you know, right? Oh,
2: a hundred percent. Like honestly, I wish there was just the fucking if if we're gonna do skate park all the time, I wish there was just a dope ass fucking street plaza skate park so I could get my outledge fixed, I could get my like Straight outledge is off.
1: such a terrifying,
2: <laughs> my, my to skate like, for if there's fun. a gap to rail option, cool. At the end <laughs> of the day, like, if, I,
1: if I could just do the thing where I try to frontside side 50 50, but my wheels get on top and I do a oh, fucking yeah.
0: briefcase off the side of it, dude, we need to take a break. Ryan is the worst person on planet earth <laughs> to skate an outledge with. In 2006, we're skating the San Diego courthouse outledge. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and 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 I'm about to skate my first try on it with a friend. And Ryan goes, I'm not going to skate this. I feel like I'm going to get on top and break my neck. And then he skates away (laughs) and leaves us both there, boards in hand, about to try. Like, what am I supposed to do with that perspective of the outledge while I'm about to try? You just remind yourself it's this is. Ted's neck
2: not Ryan's neck <laughs> yeah. it's all good
0: yeah, yeah yeah I got I got I got
1: a strict rule about Outledge that I do not skate it unless I can jump past the end of it oh that's I, I that, ra- yeah that's how I, it I is rarely for break obstacle, that rule. in my opinion yeah,
3: yeah. If there's like yeah. some like if
1: kind can, of exit strategy based on speed ar- yes if you can go 20 miles an hour and jump past the very end of the Outledge it's then then, then you're in the yes you're in a you're speed-based in the good speed-based
0: exit strategies
1: is yeah exactly right
2: it's math it's physics I mean, you know what else you don't want with Ryan is you don't want him to Ollie something. You just want him to do the trick. Because I've definitely been on a few trips with him and I'm like, oh my God, you just died just trying to Ollie that and you're going to switch flip it. Why did you try to Ollie it? Because the switch flip looks like you're in control, but the Ollie, like, wow.
1: Yeah. When was the last time you skated a street
2: handrail? Oh, a street handrail. Man, depressing. It's been a while. Now I'm starting to get sad, guys. Um, I don't know. Probably like a couple years. There's like a handrail here at PCC. Um, it's kind of like one of those 45 degree angle rails, so you can front board it. So it's mm-hmm. kind of shitty. There's a super good rail here at a church. I don't know. I've gotten to that point where I also don't want to like fuck up someone's property. So like, unless the sesh is heavy, <laughs> like, I'm not trying to go there by myself. I skate by myself a ton. Like, oh really? Because of w- work schedule and stuff. Um it's a lot more difficult to meet up with Silas on a session. Uh, I skate a lot in the mornings because, um, especially during the summer when the sun comes out really early here in Portland, just cause I might, I might be at work for like 10 hours and at the end of the day, I'm not going to be super jazzed after sitting at a desk for 10 hours to skate. Yep. So I'll go skate in the morning. So yeah, like most of my handrail sessions nowadays, unfortunately are at, um, Glenhaven skate park or at gateway. Which are tiny mm-hmm. handrails.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. But you can ollie up the six there. That makes, that, that always makes me feel yeah. like pretty rad. I'm like, yeah, I can jump up. The, six. the hub of
2: there is good too, but the handrail is really shitty at Glen Haven, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, that's right. Wait, I like the straight out shit. one. Do you skate? Yeah. Do you skate the double set? The, the, yeah, down that flat? one's nice. It's just what? The,
2: the down part's kind of <laughs> whack. Such but like, a Cairo way that one's cool. That. <laughs> yeah. Just like a little flash and roll, like yeah. hit it.
0: That's great. While I have you both here, I did yeah. want to get into the subject of uh, music, which I'm not. Um, I'm not so much a nerd about, anyways. Uh, since I started listening to Neutral Milk Hotel in 2008, I basically never listened to another new band again. Um, but the the thing about me with um, Pop War was you guys introduced me to Devo, and um, and maybe it wasn't. It didn't introduce me to Joy Division, but it kind of like re it kind of like solidified it, that it was like a necessary mm-hmm. skate band to have in the catalog because I think MJ had that part a little bit before it. I think, yeah, right. was maybe a year or two, teaser two. Um, Everybody remembers Pop War teaser two, right? And yep. um it was the red one. It was the red one. It had sick motion graphics and Chad Tim Tim just idiotically tried to skate switch over a chain, which is just a no-go all the yep. time. That's why um, you don't skate chains. Yes. And Ryan has a no-chain <laughs> policy too. Yeah. Um. But you guys both skated to one of my top fives of all time because I'm nearing uh, old head territory, and it's built to spill. How, how do you guys both think about that? Like, Ryan, was that... I, I know that you were into the band, but I feel like... Cairo, you and you and MJ from those transfer videos, like, really put it on the map. Did did music kind of like, are, were those your choices, or were you always the person who kind of let that shit flow? Because the the music that has been involved in your projects were like very, for me and and my friends, very like influential.
2: Um, that's that's awesome. a lot.
0: Do you listen to Built to Spill?
2: Oh yeah yeah. Built to Spill is definitely one of my favorite bands. Built to Spill and Modest Mouse, probably like the older stuff for Modest Mouse. Um, yeah, you
0: skated them real to real. Yeah, yeah, dude, so float like,
1: on, man, one of my favorite
0: yeah, songs ever. I'm I'm post float on Modest Mouse. That's when they really hit their stride. Yeah. I think so for Real
2: to Real, I think that was like a conscious effort to choose that song. And I can't remember with, with Built to Spill if that was um I don't know if Ty asked me to come up with a list of songs. It very well might have been. Um mm-hmm. but I was spending a lot of time with Ty, and I kind of have this point of view on videographers that um, it, to me, it doesn't matter so much what kind of camera they use or um, how they're gonna capture it. Like if, if I think, if they're like a, a great videographer, like someone like Ty Evans is, I wanna put my trust in that videographer, or Jason Hernandez, like I've like worked with Jason in the past and I'm like, dude, or Greg Hunt, like those people are fucking amazing. So I think Ty had a really good idea what I wanted to listen to. I wouldn't say I was like like yo, it has to be this song. Um and that's kind of the same with Fully Flared. Like I didn't pick I wasn't like explicitly like, hey, we need this song. Flaming lips, um, right? Yeah, it was flaming yeah. lips and
0: that's like another that's like my high school. I, I love flaming lips. I mean, yeah.
1: I'm just imagining Ty Evans giving you uh from the future the soundtrack to We Are Blood and you being like,
0: <laughs>
2: uh <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you could probably argue like some people got a really great break from we are blood yeah like, oh, some yeah, people no, are that's in this right. great uh, spot tiago,
1: tiago lemos
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah like so i i like i get why people are like oh my gosh like ty is using this crazy camera oh my gosh he's using a camera that goes on a helicopter what the fuck but i'm like the end result like
1: is filming we with a tank
2: yeah like we <laughs> um i remember on pop War, like adam crew one of my favorite dudes like he was so Adamant about like tricks being filmed a certain way. And I'm like, yo, you're either the skater or the filmer. Mm-hmm. So and and some filmers film and they edit and and do the whole video. That's like someone like Ty. And I'm like, I'm gonna skate and I'm gonna work with Dan Wolf and Ty, and they're gonna do this awesome project. And I'm gonna have full faith in that. And um, so long story short, like I didn't pick that song explicitly, but they knew. Ty knew what I was listening to. Like the only, only two songs that I think I picked explicitly and was like, it has to not even it has to be the song was maybe or maybe just one is like that. Uh, kind of by Voices song and Oververt.
0: Oh shit, dude! Yeah. Do you have like a fucking ten out of ten track record.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just um, you know, there's these bands you really get into, so if you listen to them a lot, like as if as a attentive videographer and producer director, you're probably going to be like, fuck this dude is all about Jane's addiction. I'm going to put that in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for the record, yes, I am going to bat for uh, lonesome crowd of West era, modest mouse. Yes. (laughs) Same. So you're so, or actually, wait, I didn't, sorry. I didn't hear Ryan uh, tell me about it, but I would like to talk about how you got into built the spill or, 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 what your like music influence was coming from? I think the people that we looked up to were the same age. And
1: no, I just did it because my brother listened to it, probably because Cairo skated to it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think yeah, it was right. like it was, the Shins, Inside Unseen, and Built to Spill, and Modest Mouse. Like, it was all part of the same. all right, were, all, were yep. all those bands on sub pop? Yeah, maybe <sighs> so oh, Shins
0: were, but, um, but Built to Spill was on Warner Brothers, and, um, and I think that Modest Mouse is on saddle creek maybe but my brain's fried um it's irrelevant they were all part of the same like tweet yeah universe. they're like the same same
2: yeah. vibe like when you said neutral milk hotel i'm like yeah neutral milk beirut is like a newer version of like those same bands yeah it, it's just a, a a time that really speaks to me and you know outside of listening to like EDM or like house music, like that's the only other shit that I listen to. I'm just I always whoa, go whoa, back whoa, to whoa like,
1: whoa record scratch. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, like it's crazy. He's like
0: Diplo? Yeah, or oh Skrillex? yeah.
2: I've definitely both.
0: Hell I'm yeah, All
2: about Diplo and Skrillex and like Major Laser and all that shit. Like uh, that Major stuff's amazing. And then uh then it's just uh 90s, 80s and 90s like indie rock bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna be in my sixties or seventies and just being like, Oh my gosh, the first three albums from built to spill is amazing. Like, yeah, I listen to the magnetic fields and oh. when I look back at like their first albums and when they came out, I was like, Whoa, crazy. I'm that old now.
3: Yeah. yeah. That album's
2: been out that long. I did not know that. And that's the same shit for like uh new order. Like new order is amazing. And I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah.
1: You know, they're, they're I listen to 69 love songs all the time. It's like yeah. one of my favorite albums.
0: Yeah. It doesn't get old. Um, Although I might be more of an eye guide these days. I don't know why. Um, but the good thing is Magnetic Fields has like a billion records and so does yeah. guided by voices. So you just can't totally. finish them. Totally. Um, but more specifically, I want to talk about the Nolly Flip at Pier 7 and, and kind of what that was for my generation of skaters um Mm -hmm. and kind of how you feel about i think the model that maybe we had a perception of you and skaters like you i'll I'll tell you my experience of the nollie flip and and how it contextualized you in in our minds and and how you feel if that fits and and if going forward if we're in a similar place but basically we didn't we didn't discuss um it's time for some game theory guys yes yes Yes. so So it's very serious, though, because and and I'll talk about other tricks that are that are maybe like this these days. But when I started skating Christmas of 1999 officially, but around that, like, late 90s ethos was coming into the early 2000s, you were in one of the first trans worlds I had. But somebody goes, oh, shit, that's Cairo Foster. And this is like maybe after... The reason a Real to derail came out, I can't remember, mm-hmm. but they go, I go, oh, who's that guy? And they go, he nollie flipped pier seven, and I go, I don't know what that means, and it and it was just this like immediate defense of your character to establish you as an unquestionable like trustworthy solid pro, and so crazy, and, and that was like, and because you had to think about it, like, oh, can I nollie flip over a crack? Certainly not and so and the same went for anybody trying to nollie nollie flipping over one board was impossible so there was this age of when there were less videos single Mm -hmm. tricks were able to stand out especially if they were done in iconic spots and they they pushed the 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 thing that was the water that everybody was swimming in which was like trick progression Mm -hmm. and you and and I feel like so you just fell into that for the rest of my life. I no longer questioned like, do I like Cairo Foster skating? It was like day <laughs> one. The guy Nolly flipped pier seven. He counts. And so now we find ourselves in forgettable backtails down El Toro. And 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 how do you do you do you think that that was like an intentional thing for you guys back then to be like, okay, I'm going to put my stamp on these spots, and that's going to maintain my my portfolio or, or mm-hmm. profile um and 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 what do you think about kind of like the the name uh like names going along with spots now or, or do you do you feel like that's kind of like kind of out the door as our media habits have, have kind of shifted there's a lot um, there
2: in, in san francisco there were a lot of spots that were like the proving grounds like wallenberg uh bay blocks hubba Pier seven yeah hubba for sure like I think like when I nollie nose grinded at Hubba, um, the thought was like, how, how high can I do a nollie nose grind? Like I've done it on uh mini Hubba, which is just like an outledge. Maybe I can nollie high enough to get onto that. And so like, I think that spot definitely was, was kind of
1: for like a decade or maybe longer hubba was like the tallest thing that you could do any trick down. Yeah. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like, can I do this on a high thing? It was like, can I do this on the highest thing in skating? Totally.
2: So like that was one of the spots. And then like with pier seven, um, like I, I have in like my like documented like skating career, like I have a relatively limited bag of tricks.
1: So for me,
2: you have
0: double set nose grind. You have a uh, giant double set Ollie. <laughs> yeah. I know all the Cairo yeah, like,
1: tricks because he did almost all of them on the Oakland courthouse front nose, yeah. front tail, front <laughs> nose, grind, switch, front side flip, nolly flip, nolly heel. Yeah. Wait, you and you're, that? you're a front I, border too. Holy shit.
2: Yeah. So like, um, I think with Pier seven, like I really enjoyed going there. Once I garnered the respect of some of the people that used to heckle me when I first moved out there. Um, but I'm I'm not like I didn't I no, didn't have the patience to continue being like a, a tech ledge skater. Like when I lived in Florida, I was like had a box and like learn all this shit and just like, oh cool, that's awesome. But I just didn't have that uh I didn't maintain maintain that vibe. And so at Pier seven, it's just like, oh, I wanna be here, I wanna skate here. It is like a hot spot, but I wasn't like I'm like, what can I do here that's gonna be gratifying? So jumping over shit was like the thing for me. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder if you can go over the manual pad. Like I suck at manuals. I can do like, I can like flip in or flip out of like a nose wheelie. That's about it.
1: I um, like the idea. I like the idea more of you just hating the spot because you hate manuals and you're like, all right, I'll just do nolly flip over the ledge. I'll never have to skate there ever again.
2: Yeah. And I think another thing like, um,
0: and also why not? At that heal time, it not flipped it. What's that? <laughs> why Nolly heal it? If he nolly flipped it, you you're already fucking, Broke, just cause it, broke it. <laughs>
2: just to just to see if, like uh, if you could do the other version of it.
0: Yeah.
1: What did Marcus, Marcus McBride did a bunch of crazy tricks over that too. remember? Yeah, he he, he nollie
2: heel flipped it. He nollie backside heel flipped it. Yep. He tray flipped it. Oh, the
1: nolly back heel. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah.
2: I think I don't know if he switched backside flipped it. Like I did that and someone else did that. Um, he also backside 180 the larger bay block squares and he might have <laughs> ki- and he kick flipped it as well. And that was, like, that kind of shit, like, really spoke to me. Like, Marcus is a fucking G. Like, that's powerful skating is, like, in my mind, like, I I love seeing that shit. Like, I I like seeing, like, Lucas Puig, to me, is an amazing skater. He's powerful, and he has tons of finesse. He's a ledge god. But, like, when you see him do, like, fucking switch front heel, or he, like, flips out of like a, a complicated flip out trick on a ledge. Cause he can do a lot of stuff that looks super easy for him. But when he just, that power that he has, that's the shit where I'm like, yes. And that kind of like ties back into what I was saying earlier. Like when, when you go skate with your homies, whether they can only jump down two stairs or they can jump down 15, you can see when they're like given it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Marcus, like when you saw him skate, you're like, Oh shit. Um, like that stuff, like, speaks to me
1: that's kind of true because like patience which like really tech tricks take a lot of patience is not it's not super exciting to see in in person you're like all right he's just gonna work at this unless you know, the, yeah cl- unless like one kill, of the few where you're like flip. you
2: always have it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm like wow you that's just you just got it like that like uh i watched like trent mcclung's part and i was like it looks like trent just fucking has it like that i'm like oh well damn you just switch field into that, and you're just going to, I don't know, switch, flip out, and forward. Oh, I didn't know you could just do that on in a line. Yeah. That's cool. Must be nice.
0: <laughs> Very much must be nice. I also need yeah. to update my McClung dictionary. Um, I need a picture to go with the names. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so, how, like, so when you guys were doing that, right, like, that's that's like progressive skating, right, For mm-hmm. for, for the age. Um, and, and I also would like to know how you feel rated over the ages, but, um, and now we're in this place of, like I said, forgettable backtails down El Toro, where the kind of like big, the big standout trick skater, a la Carlos Ruiz kind of looks goony. And it did in two thousand and sixes blinds. What if? Mm-hmm. but it also now looks exceptionally you know un- un- unfortunately um or maybe fortunately i don't really care um it it's kind of charismatically dry or something how do you feel about when you see people who are doing progressive skating does it stick to you in the same way that maybe like you you think about um that how you thought about like putting those tricks down back then or are you kind of like you know do you tune it out or how do you feel about that model shifting um it's funny because like the things that you're pointing out um you forgot the back tail didn't you how dare no, you
2: no i know who i know who, who it is but part of me wants to just say it's like how it's captured and how it's broadcasted
1: i was gonna say because i, I kind of disagree with you there ted because like, like that maybe is forgettable but it might have some more to do with the skater whereas like if if Tyshawn, you know, Nolly flips over a trash can, everyone's talking about it in the same way they were talking about, you know, Cairo's Nolly flip over Pier 7. Like, we yeah, have yet, monumental tricks that are I still kind of shape shifting.
2: I think if, um, yeah, I think if Tyshawn backtailed El Toro, it probably would have been filmed by Bill. <laughs> yeah. And so it would just look totally different and have, um,
1: yeah, think about Kevin Bradley backtailing uh, the Oakland, Oakland courthouse. Court that, yeah. that was a memorable trick.
2: Yeah, so I think it Should has a covered. lot to do with like how it's captured, and and there is an art form to like. On one hand, there's so many ways to get your shit out there. Like you can get it on all these different platforms. Yeah, and some people are really good at being like this content creator type person that knows how to edit it, and it just speaks to you more. Yep. it could be the same fucking trick that you just saw eight other people do. Yeah, but if those eight other people came out with like subpar distribute like way to showcase it. It's forgettable. So like, that's why I'm like, if someone else would have filmed that back tail, like if Ty would have filmed it or Chris Ray would have filmed it, Mm -hmm. I think it would have been like, Oh shit. Like, because and and that it's like this catch 22, that's the beauty of skating. Like some people are just like, I'm going to do the most buck thing and just have one person do it or one person film it. Yeah, but if you have if you're in with the right crew or you have like the right support system. Yeah, someone's gonna be like, you want to backtail that hold on, call three people get the angles. Let's fucking like you want to tell a story because that's the, that's another thing that I've learned through uh, up to now is like, you know, there are lots of great companies that come out there in, into the in skateboarding and, and like we love someone we don't love them. And then some stick that we never really liked at all. But it's because they're telling a story. So I think all these tricks that get done. Um, it helps if there's a storyline to it. And and it's hard to like really ex- explain what a storyline is for a back tail down El Toro, Yeah, but it can't just be like, yo, did it. Yeah, uh, That's kind of my thought. Cause I'm always going to remember that, but it's not going to be as impactful as, I don't know, Heath doing the lip slide down it.
0: Well, he also took a van down it too, which kind of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it
2: adds to it. Like that's, that's, <laughs> that, that adds to that storytelling right there where you're like, okay, cool. Like, shit yeah like they rated the spot
0: yeah and not rated but rated how do you feel like over time you know there are there are many people who i think either do or do not get their shine uh, have you felt like you're kind of like uh one of the underground greats do you do you do you have a pulse on people's perception of you um, <laughs> such a deeply weird question to ask. Ted. It's absolutely weird, but it came from a friend, Dude. and I'm doing it. Cairo, do you feel like you're an
1: underground great? Um, That's I I frame.
0: Do you feel like
2: I, you're one of I, the greatest skaters of all time? I don't know. I kind of I appreciate. <laughs> I've I've heard that a handful of times, and I appreciate anyone that thinks that way. Um. And I don't know. I don't. I don't ever like look at it like. I'm like this underground person just like,
0: well, not underground, but I mean like, you know, everybody has or, oh, a, like a top, like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Mike Carroll's just always in the top five, but then there's this sub list of the people you always forget to put on your top five where you're like, Oh wait, that guy's also the best. Fuck. I forgot. Or, you know, um, like just, you know, in, in the, and in the, in the, way that we organize skating do you do you feel like uh your your skating has been adequately revered or that you have that it has not received the shine that you think maybe uh was uh is relative Mm -hmm. to the effort you put in i i think it's been adequately
2: revered above and beyond honestly like no one no one owed me anything and uh any acknowledgement that i've received has been great like um and i it's funny, you know, time, time teaches us a lot of things. And like, I've encountered so many friends and acquaintances that, um, have come across, like they had a chip on their shoulder or felt like the industry had slighted them and whether the industry had like, which I don't believe an industry can do, but like whether the industry like pinpointed that person in particular was like, you're out. Um, I I just don't think that kind of like attitude is appropriate. And it's like, it's like a victim attitude. (laughs) So like any recognition that I, I've received, I'm like, Oh, thanks. Like, and when I do hear, I've heard that before. And when I hear that, I'm just like, fuck, that even means something more that you like, you feel that way. Um, But like the biggest takeaways for me in reflection is just like, if something I did like inspired someone or like, I remember back in the day when 401 would do these different segments and like I was in maybe Hong Kong or China and some, or no, I was in Thailand and some dude, some skater was like, oh my gosh, I saw your top five book reads and I read this one book, I read Siddhartha and it fucking changed my life. And I was like, that to me mm-hmm. is probably more impactful than just like being like in the top five greatest skaters list.
0: Ryan Lay is, uh- overground great of uh, Arizona skate history though. I like the <laughs> overground. Yeah, yeah, let's let's lightning round these. Would you rather go down a double set or onto the down rail? Like how you uh, do gap to grinds. Do I get to know how big this uh, double set five is? Five flat five. Is it steep or is it uh You can fit both your trucks on the down bar with a foot on one side or the other.
2: Hmm, shit. Uh, probably the gap thrill.
0: How does it feel, uh, and this is uh, from my personal perspective, how does it feel when you do opposition research to uh, trying the van slip on Pro? <laughs> One of the greatest <laughs> skate shoes of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that is the funniest question.
2: Um, when it comes to footwear, um, I just find... The one shoe that I have access to, it's readily accessible, and um, once I find out that it's the one that works for my feet, I stick with it. So um, I haven't tried that shoe out, and I haven't researched it. I am still riding Mark Suchu's uh, shoe that is no longer in the marketplace. I have 14 pairs on ice.
0: Wow, that was a wonderful Uh, uh, company dodge. I like how you did that. (laughs) Do you, do you pay attention to any smaller cult figure skaters? Uh, and I know it's sometimes hard to keep them, to get them off the top of your head. Mine's Jesse Linloff, although now he's been on the scramble, so he's a little higher profile. But, um, is there anybody who's, uh, not in the, not in the big scene that you are just overwhelmingly stoked on? I wouldn't say they're not in
2: the big scene. Like I like Jack O'Grady a lot because he fucking goes for it. Yep. Um,
0: also a scrambler.
2: Yeah. And I like, I, I did like Ducky when he was on there.
1: Um, shit. No, like. Kyra's like, no, nah, I got pretty normie opinions now.
0: Yeah. He's like, I like Andrew Reynolds. Uh, no, no. Like. And you say no. Obviously, no, 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 no. Yeah.
2: I do like, I do like, I do like the boss. Um
0: yeah.
2: Frog video was dope.
0: The frog video was dope. The one by Daniel Dent, Crazy Frankie and Nick Michael. Yep. Amazing. Yep.
2: I was talking to, uh. Uh, I was talking to a homie. They're like, I don't even know who these people are. And I was like, you don't know who these people are? I was like, that's Frog Skateboards. He's like, oh, I heard of them. I heard of them. I know who they are.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I know. I, I got a couple of their CDs. Uh, but yeah, yeah, for sure. What was the better filming experience and what is the better video? Real to real or fully flared? Oh, wow.
2: I would say better filming experience was probably real to real because it was a lot more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And then better video overall.
1: Fuck. I was just going to say, I got a good anecdote about Real to Real because that was one of my favorite videos growing up. And when I rode for Rasa, when I lived in SF, I skated with Nate Jones a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was kind of like right at the very end of his career. And iPath had been sold to Timberland, and he was trying to sort things out I was really stressed out. But uh, I was asking him questions about that on a trip. And he's like, oh, man, I hated that video. He's like, we used to call that video Fake to Fake. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Wow!" <"No." laughs> yeah. wow. Like watching, watching especially his part in that video felt so organic and just like authentic SF street skating. And to hear it from him, I was I was blown away. Oh, that's interesting.
2: Uh, I wonder if he just felt, did he ever like uh, ex- expound on that? Like, did he feel like it was Fake to Fake because there's so much like production built into it to like make it what it was.
1: Yeah, and I think that's probably a common sentiment like cuz as skating gets a little more institutionalized, like you look back to the videos from, you know, yesteryear and mm-hmm. he, I think when we were talking, he was like, "No, like Eastern Exposure was such a like sick classic video, but it's so disorienting for me to hear that like oh, real to real was like the the we are blood of its time to him." <laughs> yeah, cuz I'm like
2: real to real would be the Eastern Exposure in, in this comparison between yeah. Uh, fully, fully Flared, flared exactly. Real real.
0: But now yeah, like, Fully Flared has now had adequate time to age and so yeah. we can kind of look at them on you know and just how do you you know it informs your video taste maybe you just like stuff from when you were younger but you know Fully Flared I, isn't like the new thing you know Yeah been 10 no years. I I don't even know if I can
2: answer properly aside from like the the length of Fully Flared has prohibited me from watching it in its entirety Honestly, beyond like our uh, premiere tour, but it like it has so many amazing memories attached to it, so it's like got a special place for me. But like real to reel is so much more tangible to watch because yeah. it's shorter. The production value is a completely different ballpark than something like fully flared. Yeah. But I that that's why I can like, I can stick with the beginning part, where it's just like more enjoyable because it was it felt more natural. It was literally like, not that we didn't just get in the van and fucking do it, but like, and I enjoyed the grinding it out with Ty, but like. just was a much more in-depth involved project yeah but dude sorry i gotta pause of course the fucking intro to work with spike and ty and spike brought in his his whole crew that worked on three kings that did all the pyrotechnics to get like blown up twice by rick um to have the paramount medic on site being like you can't you guys can't do that again and i'm like why are you guys blowing me up (laughs) um that is into and, and to have when they did jackass 24 hours on mtv mm-hmm. um to watch that intro play in times square that shit like that's a memory like i could sell all my skate paraphernalia get rid of it whatever that's some shit that's singed in my head just like more maybe more so than all the trips i guess i don't know it's just like there's some amazing high moments like to be in a video that has the shit sound logo on there yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know if I don't know if like the younger generation of people who ride for Girl and Chocolate when a video comes out and has that on there feel like that's that thing. But when I saw mm-hmm. that and I'm like, oh shit, you have arrived.
1: It's the <laughs> yeah. It still makes me uh, uh, feel a certain type of way. Yeah,
2: and I'm like,
0: what? <laughs> yeah, that's great. And this is my actual last one. Mark Johnson said that you and he got in a fight. Uh, but it's not elaborated on uh, during the fully flared years. Did you punch Mark Johnson? No, no, it was, uh,
2: it's funny because someone, when that interview came out, my friend Joey Abarca, he like texted me, he's like, yo, um, Mark said you guys got in a fight. And I was like, oh. And then I read it and I'm like, oh, it's super chill. No, nah, I mean, like Mark was going through a lot of things and it was just like a yelling match. Like I've never okay, gotten a yeah. physical fight with anybody except for maybe my, like, super good homie, Dan Libby. Who won? Oh, he just got broken up. We were just being assholes. <laughs> I think Lance, Daw- Lance Dawes was on the trip, and he's a good, like, uh, uh, instigator to a certain degree. So we just, like, got into almost got in a fight with John Newport on a popport trip, but I've never, like, gotten enough. You wanted the nollie
0: back five zero, and then he got it? No, <laughs>
2: he just, he can be annoying, but I love him.
0: <laughs> All right, Ryan, you got
1: stuff? I got some quick listener questions. Let's just buzz through these. So, yeah, yeah. so brief answers. Do you have a SAG card, Screen Actors Guild?
2: Oh hell no.
0: <laughs> I don't know why they asked that. Maybe because uh. I was like
2: SAG, like that Peter Smolik thing, like no SAG, no
1: drag. Yeah, you got SAGware.
2: Yeah,
0: no. Uh, Spike Projects. I think there's a rumor about them being kind of like you know working towards union credits.
1: Mike Munzenreiter asks, uh, what about switch hard flips? Did you ever do any switch hard flips? I oh, only yeah. remember Nolly hard flips. Oh, yeah. I know what? I
2: did some switch hards. I could swear I'm, I think I have them somewhere on like, probably like a Thrasher video or 401 on or something. It's like, dude, the, the switch hards and the Nolly hards, they're full SD, like respect to troubleshooters and all that crew. Like, that's that's how I do them. The Nolly backside flips, too. You mm-hmm. just like, which way is it flipping?
0: It's flipping. <laughs> I was thinking how of switch frontside flip, actually, from reel to reel.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, well, there was the switch frontside flip over bay blocks. Uh, or, Across the Bay Blocks Gap. Did you switch yeah. Ollie up on that, or did you Ollie and then switch Ollie up? Wow. Switch hang up a bunch of times. No shit. I bet. Ask him if Jimmy Origi is genuinely annoying as shit, or if it's mostly just for his show, <laughs> or mostly just for show. Uh, I mean,
2: it depends if you're on the receiving end of some fucking harsh shit. I'm, yeah. I think it's I think it's pure comedy, but I've definitely been on the receiving end, and so is everyone that uh that goes on a Ruka trip as well as, uh, I think it was always a special initiative by the crew. And I wasn't like in on the, the harshing crew, but like, it would be like, uh, Leo and Jimmy and, uh, in later years, Dakota, but to really fuck with media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, a, uh, I think almost every photographer has been broken down on a Ruka trip when Jimmy was, was
1: running, running the game. Jim T asked about the, the horrific back bruise, but we already went over that. What about, where's Paul Sharp now?
2: Paul actually is living in Jacksonville, Florida, where I used to live. Uh, my mom lives out there. And uh, he is in a really long-term relationship with this woman, Amber, who I knew from when I lived out in Jacksonville as a late teen, early 20s-year-old, 20-year-old. So that's amazing that he's dating her. And living out
1: there. That's rad. That's awesome. <laughs> I love I love Full Paul Sharp so much. He's the shit. Uh, legendary uh, Nolly and Nolly half-cab guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Ch-ch-ch-ch.
0: Help mode part-sharer, right? Yeah. Dude, he's the whole reason I'm here. That's Supernaut.
1: Right. Bucket list tricks. Bucket list trick?
2: Oh, land a fucking
1: backtail kickflip out.
2: Dude! I've been...
1: That seems impossible.
2: I can like land on them, but like I'm not rolling away. Like when I when I did like Backsmith kickflip out, I was like, that's maybe the closest I'm ever gonna get to the backtail kickflip out. Dude, like I know I can do it, I just don't have the patience. Like I'll i I'll start trying it. And I'm like, how the fuck does T Blood always
0: always got he's got that shit on lock? It's the wax. It's when when the barracks started coming around, people started to realize that if you just cake shit. You can stand on the tail slide like you're in tail drop. That's, I swear to God. That's Do you like, think k Braun
2: uses a lot of wax or does, does he use Slick?
0: I don't know. Let me ask him. I definitely fuck with wax. Thanks, Kevin. You're the best. Somebody was saying, you know, you can't, it's not good to to take examples from the absolute freaks who are just like on another level. You're not, you can't have access to them. And uh, Kevin Brown is one of them.
2: Yes. I back that theory because k Cabron is the shit.
0: Yes, that's absolutely uh- true.
1: All right, favorite food truck in Portland.
2: Favorite food truck? Pizza. There's like, I don't even know the name of it. This pizza food cart down the street from my house. Pizza. You fuck with sizzle pie? I do, but um, red sauce pizza. If we're going to go to like a pizzeria, red sauce. That's where you got to go.
1: All right. I back it. What's what's the last music you bought? Bought?
2: What the fuck is this? I, was just, I know. It I'm like, bought. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I feel I bad. I like a subscription. <laughs> 10.99. Damn. Last music I bought?
1: Yeah, Spotify, iTunes, really great way to support artists, Ted. Yeah. Dude, honestly, I can't even remember the
2: last music I bought. I like went and saw Built to Spill Play. That's kind of like buying music. Yeah. I uh, bought tickets to see the Lemonheads, but they had to cancel because of COVID. And then I have uh, tickets for the Avett brothers, and that got moved to October. So,
0: all
1: right, last question. When he turned, ooh, Mark Nichols, when he turned yes. pro for Supernaut, he never had a pro board drop for them. Was yep. making the switch to Mad Circle the reason? Also, how was it being part of Mad Circle at its peak?
2: No, so so five boards got made from Supernaught. I think they were at the trade show. And then the reason I left is because we had agreed upon my salary being one thing. And then it changed. And I kind of was just like bummed. I was like, yo, we like basically shook on it. Like, this is what we were doing. And I just was like, maybe maybe in in hindsight, I was a little short and was just like didn't didn't want to talk it through but i think i also felt like my time with super had kind of run its course and i was like i think i need to see what other opportunities are out there and then so i got on mad circle and got on after five flavors came out so that's always good when you don't have to film a video part kind of like when i got on enjoy i didn't have to film a video part because bag of suck had just dropped <laughs> Dude, oh, I'm mapping it all out. What company is gonna drop an awesome video and needs like someone that's turning 44 this
0: Saturday <laughs> to be on their team?
1: Oh, happy birthday! <laughs>
0: Damn, <laughs> happy so, birthday! Um, thanks. Sour. Um, they just dropped Solution Two like six months ago. Boom! <laughs> you guys need someone approaching 45? All
1: right, are right. They put out videos like every six months that are amazing, though. That's they true. They do. They do.
0: Gustav Tonneson also uh, an unbelievable remarkable person you cannot take any advice or examples from
2: yeah he's amazing like i I got to skate with him go on a tour with him and i was like wow i don't think i could skate around him it's awesome i i just have to watch i mean yeah that's the thing it's awesome to skate around him but you'll be like fuck did i skate this whole week i didn't
0: (laughs) no
1: All right. Well, that's, that seems like a good place to wrap things up. We're right at about an hour and a half. Okay. Awesome. Cairo. Thank you so much. Uh, anything you want to plug? I mean, you don't really have anything to plug.
2: Keep skating. If it's fucking, if it makes you feel good, keep skating, whatever that that means to you. Like if it means skating every damn day, every other damn day, (laughs) every damn week, I don't know. Like just don't, don't turn your back on skateboarding.
1: Keep the relationship healthy with skating.
2: Yeah. And that's like, I don't know. It extends in all different ways. Support your local shop, support your like large companies, just whatever it takes for you to fucking keep skating. I think that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Rad. Um, I support doing so it without laces. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we the,
2: do have a nice slip on.
0: I, I imagine it's probably, <laughs> a, I every skate shoe out there is a good and fine and wonderful piece of footwear. there is just one that is, um, crafted by the gods for the human foot there's just only one um no thanks for letting me be weird
2: (laughs) no I love it it's awesome thanks for the opportunity guys
1: all right take care Cairo all right thank you bye-bye thank you Bye.
0: thanks again to Cairo Foster for sitting down with us credits music in this episode and always by the wonderful the talented alana bryne i-l-a-n-a dot b-r-y-n-e you can find more of her music at naivetracks.bandcamp.com logo and graphic design as always by michael warfel wonderful designs wonderful graphics at warfel w-r-f-u-l with an at sign in front of it pro flow credits coming up
3: See, did you both know that Ryan used to ride? It's doozy. Chris and, and last name was Sean. Thank you every day till we're gone. Bill Shoemaker and Sean Doyle.
0: not a fan of these fucking little little blackish-gray birds that have dug a hole and made a nest in the ceiling-ish wall area of my house uh, right above my room. They're terribly annoying and make doing tasks that require concentration nearly impossible. Soon, the babies should be old enough to fly away but I think for a few more weeks, I'm just going to just be vaguely pissed at them every day. Kind of cute, though. Also, I forgot to include Sean Hannivan, who is just amazing and incredible, in my weird song that I made for you all. Uh, thank you. It means a lot. I will absolutely include you in my horribly cringy song next time, Promsies.